Ho there! Yes, what is it? Stop banging on the door, I can hear you. What do you want? Is this the home of Jason of Seatingmore? <laughs> yes, it is. What do you want? I request an audience with the Great One. We have a problem of great import. The Master doesn't see anyone anymore, not since the incident with Heaven's Gate. Now, goodbye. But we have a great need for his services. Oh, everyone has a great need for his services. What do you have this time? Some sort of comedy that everyone thinks is funny and you don't, and you want him to say the same thing as you? Well, we don't do that. Good no. Day. What is it? Our, vill our village is threatened by a film. Oh, what film? A film about a dragon. Oh, that's a horse of a different color. Come on in. Unclean beast. Get thee down. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Late Seating. I'm Jason Harding. And I am the young and spry Steve Shives. Oh, if I could only drink your youth, my friend. <laughs> if That's... I could only bathe in your blood. <laughs> That's right. It's my birthday. Hooray for me, birthday. Happy I'm... birthday to you. I'm 54 fucking years old. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm not that old yet. I still got some spring in my step. I got a little lead in my pencil. I still got cum in my balls. That's what yeah. lead in pencil means. Yeah, it's a metaphor, in case you didn't know that. In case you thought sure. everybody was just carrying lead pencils around. Most of that sperm is dead, and the rest just kind of swim in a circle, and they have two tails. But who, you know what? <laughs> but they're alive! I can still make it! I always wondered. You know, in the film strips, when they would show the one swimming in a circle, or the one that sure. had two heads or two tails, if they just, you know, took a pair of tweezers and said, "No, this one is going to fertilize." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens. Don't you want to know? We all want to know. Don't you want to find out what it'll look like? Hi, everybody. It's late seating, and this isn't a show where we discuss my my ongoing decrepitude or mm -hmm. or. Steve's apparent joy at my ongoing de decrepitude. We 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 review movies, right? Yeah, we do. We sure and do. Then, and this time around, I got to choose a movie, and you know what that means, guys? I picked a good one. <laughs> we don't have to sit through whatever it was that Steve wanted us to watch. What have we watched on Steve's birthday? <laughs> Fucking goddamn it! What what have we watched on your what, birthday? He-Man, Superman he Returns, Super uh, Hulk, Hulk. Hulk, yes, we did watch Hulk one year, yeah. And what was last year? Because I think we've year? transitioned out of the superheroes, and we've yeah. now transitioned into the days of Swayze. <gasps> That's right, yeah. Swayze for days. <laughs> we watched Roadhouse, but now it's my turn, and so I pick good movies. And the movie, <laughs> I, I pick good movies that um, never made any money, or at least halfway decent. I, I like them. They're my favorite. Yeah. So this this time around, the movie that we're going to review is is, is and what did it came out? Nineteen eighty one? Was I twelve? one. I think I was twelve. Yeah, nineteen eighty one. Flop. I mean, this thing bombed. It didn't make even make its money back. It didn't make its costs back. But I like it. The movie that we're going to review this time around is a fantasy film. Oh, Steve loves fantasy. Oh, and it's I, my favorite genre. And to my credit, I found the darkest, grimmest 
bleakest fantasy film that I could find. Dragon Slayer. Yay. Hey, Steve. Yes, yes, yes. Do you have any trivia about Dragon Slayer? <laughs> yes, I have. I will share some trivia with you about this movie that is one of your favorites that you chose for your birthday show. And I will pretend to will appreciate the effort and pretend not to yes. know it. As we confront the inherent absurdity with this part of the premise of our show. <laughs> so, I thought this was interesting. The name of the dragon is Vermithrax Pejorative. Isn't that fucking awesome? Which, it is a pretty cool name for a dragon, mm -hmm. which translates literally as the worm of Thrace, which makes things worse. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. What a great name. Oh no, here comes the worm of Thrace, which makes things worse. You Run! Just call him Vermithax, it's fine. <laughs> we called him that for a reason, it's less of a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And his name is only said once. In the whole movie, yeah, and it's by a half dead uh, Ralph Richardson. It's like, oh, yeah, Vermisax pejorative in a weird monologue that makes you feel sorry for the dragon, yes, which I think what turns out to be kind of important, yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, cool, great trivia, Steve. Uh, I got more. Yeah. Oh, okay, you want more? I do, okay, more. the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> the aforementioned Vermithrax was uh, brought to life on screen using multiple special effects techniques. Oh, yeah. Some of which you didn't appreciate. <laughs> uh, it, including extensive. Uh, there are a few shots that I think look <laughs> not so great, but mm -hmm. um, uh, including extensive use of the process that is known as go motion, which is. Mm -hmm a variation of stop motion that was developed by phil tippett who was the visual effects uh this was the first the, this was the first use of it i think this, this was movie. the second use this was the first extensive use of it it was it was previously used in empire strikes back some of the stop motion in empire is is go motion. was it really i don't remember yeah, any yeah. The, stop motion um, in him oh for the uh the walkers yeah. yeah and uh and i think what else on oh, the tauntaun yeah, for the shots where you see the the when you see the full shot okay. of the tauntaun. Because I um, thought yeah, they that, used that, it, that was they go used motion. It, they used it a ton after this in Return of the Jedi, because yes. they kind of they used it a little bit for the Rancor and then for the Chicken Walkers on Endor and stuff like that. Well, I think what happened was because Phil Tippett was and and ILM ILM in general, but Phil Tippett was in charge of the special effects for this and he he had developed a go motion technique for empire and they mm -hmm. used it there and then they used it a lot in dragon slayer and mm -hmm. and people in the business saw it and thought oh you know how'd they do that that looks good and mm -hmm. and phil tippett became in charge phil tippett was sort of put in charge of like the creature shop mm -hmm. for return of the jedi yeah. and um and they used it a lot there and then it kind of became a standard special effects technique for about the next 10 years mm -hmm. uh, until they phased it out when things started shifting. They did, towards they did test runs in, in, uh, in that style for Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. And I, because I remember, yeah, Spielberg said, like, he, 
because he felt like you could still tell that it was stop motion. Yeah. Even the, even though go motion does, because the, the thing is, the thing, the special thing about go motion is when with traditional stop motion, you expose a frame at a time and the object being animated is, is, is still. And then when you play the frames in sequence, it mm. moves because it's mm -hmm. animated. Yeah. But with go with go motion, you're actually moving the object as the frame is being exposed, mm -hmm. um, which allows you to do realistic motion blur. And right. It's, it's a smoother motion. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically stop motion with just a little tweak to make it a, a bit uh, there more There are a couple of points in the movie where it looks really good. Like really, oh, yeah. when, uh, when uh, the dragon gets that spear in its neck and it reaches up to pull the spear out, that yeah. does not look like stop motion at all. And, and, I, and I think it's, it's from right after that. It's, it's, from the, it's the shot where Galen is like making a run for it and the dragon is crawling after him like yeah. through the cave. And for a second, I thought, is that like a guy in a suit? Yeah, you're like, what you the know, hell be, is be, that? Because the motion is really realistic. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, no, it's, it can't be a guy in a suit. It's got to be, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and actually, go, go motion is a modern refinement of a technique that was pioneered by stop motion uh, animator Ladislas Sterovich in the 1920s. Um, he did it first, and then it was kind of lost for a while, and then Phil Tippett developed a modern version of it. Yeah. Um, and that's what we see in, in Dragon Slayer. Um, Vermithrax is considered to be the best movie dragon ever by many, yeah. inclu including Guillermo del Toro, mm -hmm. George R.R. R. Martin. Yep. And Neil Marshall, who is the guy who uh, he directed several episodes of Game of Thrones on TV, and he also mm -hmm. directed the the, uh, the 2019 Hellboy film. So not one of the ones that people like, mm -hmm. but the one the more recent one with uh, the guy from Stranger Things uh, as as Hellboy. Also, Siskel and Ebert praised yeah. the dragon in their review of the film, with Ebert declaring the Vermithrax scenes quote first rate. So mm -hmm. yep. noted dragon aficionado Roger Ebert gave. His so you praise. can know what it's going to be like for a twelve-year-old boy who just discovered oh. who just just discovered D and D. Um, yeah. How how much of an impression this movie was going to make on him? Um, yeah. And I kind of agree. Uh, we've seen dragons all over the place now, but this dragon feels more realistic and grounded to me than fucking Smaug, which was an obvious CGI dragon in the Hobbit movies and um, even in the Lord of the Rings, we never saw a dragon. What we got was uh, uh, those fell beasts, you know, those wormy, flying, lizardy creatures that the mm -hmm. the ring wraiths flew around on. Um, but there really hasn't been another dragon that I can think of. Game of Thrones had dragons aplenty, but they 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 never felt as grounded as real as 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 Vermithrax does. Um, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So moving on from the dragon. Now that concludes the dragon-related portion of the trivia. Diane, I uh, like the dragon part. Give me I know. That I mean, it is, there's dragon in the title, so you expect there's okay. going to be some dragon-related content. Sure. Uh, the score of the film by Alex North incorporates mm. por incorporates portions of the score that North composed for 2001 A Space Odyssey, which mm. was commissioned but never used because Kubrick decided ultimately to score the movie using only pre-existing music. It's interesting. Um, I wonder yeah. what parts. 
I don't know. I would actually, I would have to go back and re-listen to, I would have to listen to both because eventually they released Alex North's 2001 A Space Odyssey score on a, an album, I think in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've listened to it once or twice, uh, but I can't really <laughs> remember. But I, I would have to listen to the, the Dragon Slayer score and, and his 2001. Apparently, mm-hmm. he used, apparently he used themes from it in a few of his other scores as well, but uh, it's significantly... I like I like I do like this music this score it's very jarring and it's not made to be pleasant or pretty or quote-unquote adventurous um it's very distinctive I would if someone played even a little bit of this music to me I would be able to recognize it right away as oh no that's from Dragon Slayer yeah so anyway last piece of trivia Mm mm-hmm the film's screenwriter says that he and the director were inspired to make the film by the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment of Fantasia. Okay. And that they deliberately sought to avoid cliches that are frequently used in films set during medieval times. Hence the lack of knights in shining armor, damsels mm-hmm. in distress, and mm-hmm. courtly love. Mm-hmm. So one, one of the other reasons why, as I've gotten older... I really appreciate this movie. Yeah. And I would say, I also appreciate that too. <laughs> it's Thanks. like every, every time they have a trope that's rapidly approaching, they do something to make that trope, you know, you have a yeah. wizard, but they do something to make that wizard unique. Right. Yeah. And what better way you can do that than kill them off in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> but okay. Is that everything, Steve? Can I That's do everything. Can that's I all I got. Room? Okay. Well, there was plenty more. I could have found just something. (laughs) Okay. It was um, directed by Matthew Robbins. And Matthew Robbins um, was more of a writer than he was a director. He hasn't really directed anything um, spectacular, but he has gone on to assist write or write. I mean, he's. he did Pinocchio. He's worked with Del Toro a lot. So maybe that's what the, I can just imagine Del Toro just pinning him to the ground. What was it like filming the dragon scenes? Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. But I mean, he's helped out a lot on scripts like Pinocchio, the one that just the Del Toro just did. Yeah. Um, and then like Mimic. I'm starting to notice this guy goes a little dark. <laughs> you really wouldn't say. I mean, Mimic yeah. is one of the darkest yeah uh, del toro films it's not really a happy ending at the end of that um and then this last pinocchio which was f- fantastic and congratulations academy you made the right choice for once by giving it the <laughs> the, the, the academy award for best animated um but like sugarland express and uh close encounters and things like that um yeah. it was written by Matthew Robbins as i said before and also Hal Barwood he's worked extensively in video games um but he also helped punch i mean Steven Spielberg got all of the writing credit for close encounters maybe he should have included all the people that helped him with that script so both so both Matthew Robbins and Hal Barwood worked on Close Encounters um, and also Sugarland Express, um, produced by Hal Barwood and Howard W. Koch. And it stars Peter McNichol as Galen Brad Warden. And you know him from TV, a lot of oh, TV. Oh, boy. Tons of TV. Mm-hmm. Do you know what his follow-up film to this was? To Dragon Slayer? Oh, God. The the next movie I remember him from is Ghostbusters 2, but that was well, like seven have, years later. I have Ghostbusters 2. No, no, no. Okay, so here we go. Ready? Okay. Yes, please. Dragon Slayer. 
Okay. Sophie's Choice. Oh, fuck. He wasn't Sophie's Choice. And then Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. He was yeah. one of the he was one of the dudes sniffing after sniffing after Sophie after Meryl That's Street. right. That's right. Remember? <laughs> I love him. He's a great comedian. He's all actor. he's great. I I first I think the I I the first time I actually saw him was Ghostbusters 2, but I didn't really take notice of him because I saw that movie when it came out and I was like eight. Um, <laughs> but I, I, the first time I saw him in something and took notice and was like, oh, who's that guy? I like that guy was um, he was in the first about the first season and a half of Chicago Hope, which yeah. was the hospital drama that wasn't ER. That was on in the 90s which i Jesus. always liked better than er but um, there were so many yeah, of them in the fucking 90s he was he was one of the stars of that and then of course he was on mm -hmm. ally mcbeal uh after that and yeah great really funny really great comic timing terrific actor mm -hmm. okay uh, caitlin clark as valerian and she really didn't do a whole lot she did some tv she did a lot of off-broadway and broadway work and she played the prostitute in crocodile dundee and i guess she was just like fuck this I like her a lot. I will openly admit as a 12-year-old boy, I got a crush on her. And then, not coincidentally, my first girlfriend kind of looked like her. So it was kind of like... <laughs> hmm. Ralph Richardson is Ulrich of Cragamore. And I can't. He's been in every fucking oh, thing on the yeah. planet. I mean, he is one of my favorite actors. We mentioned him during uh, Dr. Zhivago that sometimes he can look like he's looking away, trying to find his lines. Um, I think that works. So he's so great in this. He out. He yeah. here's the best thing. He out Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's Obi Wan yes. Kenobi in this movie <laughs> with with less screen time. I think with less screen time. Yeah, but I, he's just there's something about him the way he plays this super powerful wizard where he, he's sympathetic and older and um, this ties into some of the theming in the movie where you know he's he's kind of like a relic of something that is passing away from the world or magic yeah. is magic is disappearing it's like he has a kinship with the dragon and i don't know if they had gotten somebody else because they really didn't consider too many people i mean if you didn't get ralph richardson you i guess you could get what's his nuts um his boyfriend i can't remember his name. his boyfriend yeah. Um, oh, well, there were there were was it um, is, there was the Gilgood. big three. John yeah, there was the, yeah, the the big three British actors from stage and film in the the 20th century was Ralph Richardson and then Gilgood and then Olivier. So, mm -hmm. if, you know, if, if one of them Olivier. could do it. Well, I don't think Olivier, I don't think I mean, I don't think Olivier would have been right for this. Yeah. No, I could kind of see Gilgood. I think I think Gilgood would have been okay. I think Gilgood would be fine. He did Prospero's yeah. books for fuck's sake. He would he'd yeah. be fine with this. Um John Hallam is Tyrion and uh, you might recognize him from Fra Flash Gordon and Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Hey hey. Steve's all-time favorite Robin Hood movie. Yes, that's right. I say it and I'm proud. Peter Iyer is uh King Casadorius uh Ulf Phileas, and he was in From Hell and Remains of the Day and a ton of other stuff. He's a uh, he's a character actor out of England, so he was on TV in, in England and stuff. Albert Salmi is Greel, and um, he has more than 150 film and television productions under his belt. And I think someone dubbed his voice because he was born in America. Yeah, I was going to say if you knew if you knew the story of why he was dubbed, because I mean he had such a great voice. It was was it just the accent? He couldn't do the. Accent? I think it was. I think it was the accent. Yeah. 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 
Okay, Sidney Bromley as Hodge, and we saw him in The NeverEnding Story. He's the very old man, and um, <laughs> he was, I think he was one of the bums that gets killed in American Werewolf in London, and I just put this in here. I've never seen this movie, but it's such a British title to a film. I had to put it in. He was in No Sex, Please. We're British. Oh, <laughs> man. What a great title. <laughs> Chloe Solomon as Princess Elfeth. Elfeth. Elspeth. Elspeth. Ulfilius. Um, she really didn't do a whole lot. She did some stuff, uh, uh, a few other movie parts, nothing notable. Um, she barely has two sentences in Wikipedia. Um, Emerus <laughs> <clears throat> James as Simon, um, Valerian's father. I didn't write anything down, but a lot of TV and British stuff. Roger Kemp as Horsrick. Cassidorius is Chamberlain. Again, a lot of TV and movies in, in England, but nothing terribly major. And Ian McDermott. Little Ian McDermott as Brother yeah. Jacopus. And we all know who he's played, right, Steve? Yes, young Jedi. <laughs> we know very well. Which means he was like 34 when he was playing the the, yeah. the Emperor. Well, um, you know. Lucas was like, I'm going to keep making these for 40 years. I need mm -hmm. a young guy to be powerful. We need a young guy willing to get underneath all this makeup. Um, but <laughs> if you're looking for something else that he's been in that you might recognize, he was in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yes, I which I just watched recently. Yeah, oh, did he's you really? the butler. He's oh, the butler he? in Dirty Rotten okay. Scoundrels. And he's, he's hilarious. Yeah. You think he's sitting there, standing there as a butler saying his three lines, going, I was the goddamn emperor. In goddamn Return of the Jedi. I think his last line is telling Steve Martin to piss off, but I can't remember. He, <laughs> his last line in the movie is because Steve Martin comes back to like to stay at the end of the movie mm -hmm. uh, with Michael Caine, and he makes some remark to... And what's oh, no, he apologizes. He apologizes. Apparently, he broke Ian McDermott's VCR at some point during his stay off screen, and he's like, if you send me the model number, I promise I'll replace it, and Ian McDermott just goes, oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> Cinematography by Derek Valiant, and uh, you'll know him from Alien. Edited by Tony Lawson, nothing. Music by Alex North. We talked about, about him a little bit later, and he's been around for a while, at least since the 1950s, and he's scored mm -hmm. movies for A Streetcar Named Desire, Spartacus, Cleopatra, and a bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> and as I said, I like, I think this music fits very well with the tone that they wanted to put in this movie, which is no sure. whimsy. No fucking whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were trying to make a realistic, you know, fantasy film. They got pretty fucking close. If you yeah. were gonna, if you're gonna do it, um, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Production companies, Paramount Pictures and Walt Disney Productions. Da, 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 da. And now you they know, can have a, have a fist fight over which streaming platform it goes on. <laughs> because it was distributed by paramount in north america and then by buena vista internationally right uh release date june 26 1981 running time 109 minutes budget 18 million box office shit 14.1 million dollars oh. now i that's saw it less I saw it in a movie theater because I had the right kind of father. The one <laughs> the one that was spilling all of his nerd stuff into his son. I had a father I, who loved me. 
That's right. And he gave me all the fun stuff. Sure, it was rough going in the 1980s and 1990s. But once the internet came around, all of that was justified. Yeah. All you nerds took over. You took over That's the whole right. goddamn world. That's right. What did your father teach you to do? Shoot and then like ignore catch. you. You're like, Dad, I really like this MacGyver show. Shut up. <laughs> we watched Star Trek together. Oh, did you? Well, yeah, I mean, nice. he's not as he's not as much of a Trekkie as I am, but yeah, he, he oh, watched Star Trek. Okay, cool, cool. All right, Steve, you ready? I'm ready. All right, put on the biggest pack you can possibly find. While <laughs> I, while let I, me get a let me get a clothes hamper and put it on my back. <laughs> while I, I walk in front of you, levitating an egg. And oh, no, and no backpack off. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm carrying the egg, dude. You let's, carry your shit. Let's me and you fall in love with a man who turns out to be a girl. Ooh. Let's not get baptized. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> and if we can, let's try to save the princess this time. I know she's voluntarily being killed by a dragon, but, you know, we can't help it if she's stupid. Right. Yeah, you know, she, her heart's in the right place. Her heart's in the right place because her father fucking lied to her her whole yeah. goddamn life. Yeah. In many, in many respects, that kind of makes her like the only person that you can look up to because she actually. <laughs> she, she makes a, a purely moral choice. She makes a moral choice yeah. based on how she's raised and not even her father believes in, in the whole system. Everything's right. corrupt from top to bottom. That's what I love about this whole thing. Everyone's yeah. fucking confused and running to God. All the villagers are running to Christianity, despite the fact that the fucking the fucking priest got flambéed. <laughs> what are we gonna do now? <laughs> all right, Steve, are you ready to go yeah. into a place where the sun never shines? Yeah. <laughs> And run into the world. I don't even know what country this is supposed to be. And I think it's supposed to be way early England. Yeah. I think it's, it's a long ass fucking time ago. <laughs> really? And run into the world of dragon slayers, Steve. Yes. Take it away. Well, some people are going to visit an old man. First, the credits are very simple. It's just oh, text yeah. on black screen, and it's like, hey, Dragon Slayer, here's who's in it. Let's start the movie. <laughs> hey, Dragon Slayer. Um, and I'm watching it going, oh, thank you very much. Yes, let's start the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're watching some, some people some tramp people around are, at night with yeah. some torches. Yeah, and they they go to this old castle, and there's an old old guy who lives in there, and he's Hodge. doing some mat. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's Hodge, and then there's also uh, oh Ulrich, yeah yeah yeah, mm -hmm. and he's like he's like in his room lighting some candles with his hand, and then making him go out, you know, practicing nothing, his magic shit. Nothing super, you know, uh, like nothing. It's like he's doing it out of memory, right? Yeah, kind of like offhand magic. He's like blah 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 yeah. and then the light and the candles. Nothing come. super like showy, but just right. like oh look, he he can he has a clapper, but it's magic, and he waves yeah. his hand instead of exactly. Clapper. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the villagers knock on the door and the old man answers and he's like, fuck off, whatever you want. And they're like, we're and looking for a wizard. Yeah, we have we have a problem and the mm -hmm. wizard needs to help us with the problem. And, and the like, thing that's happening upstairs is that um, the wizard is looking into his cauldron. Yeah. And he's seeing something that's fucking his shit up. He's like, oh, right? that's whatever that is, isn't good. That's not good. Whatever it is. 
Cruz is out here screaming and and growling, and it's not good. And he tells him, "Let him in. Yeah, let him in. Let him in. I will see them." Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's in is uh, Valerian, a very Valerian. nice, a very nice young man. A very and nice and completely convincing young man. I got to ask. I got to ask. Moment. I got to ask Steve, yeah. since you've never seen this before. Um, did yeah. you think? Did you think that Valerian was ever a man? Not for a second. <laughs> Not for a second. You saw her, and you're like, "I." He's pretending to be a man. I was like, "That's a lady. <laughs> That's a lady." Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but Valerian and the others have come. They've come from a, a from a place far away. Erland. Uh, I think it's yeah, Erland. And mm. they're like, so we got this dragon problem every couple weeks. Well, first uh, he has to make his grand entrance. He makes. His oh, grand that's right. Entrance. That's right. Because yeah, oh, well, Galen, his apprentice, comes out and plays a little drum solo. Does he, a little. He timpani. puts on. He's putting on this little hat and yeah, making sure he has a nice cloak and checking. That's true. He like has a like a snake suit. hat. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then yeah, then there, there's a puff of smoke and he appears and he's like a design, which is obviously something that that uh, his assistant, his apprentice, Galen, is throwing on the floor. Right, because right. well, he asks him. He says, "Do we have mm-hmm. any ash or whatever?" Yeah. So it's right, like right, it's right. clearly like it's like a uh, you know a stage magic trick, not a magic mm-hmm. magic trick. Um, but then yeah, he lights he, every candle in the room with a wave of his hand, yeah, including the fireplace. And you're like, "Oh, okay, maybe he is legit. Maybe he is." He sits down at his table and he says, "Bring forth the bring forth the shit you collected." Yeah, and- give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. They put the bag on on the table, and then he he makes the bag move towards him, and he goes, "Jesus Christ, look at these scales!" Uh, like, yeah, yeah. And then he and this is the scene where you can't help but think that he has some sort of sympathy because what he implies in this monologue, because he says dragons wouldn't exist without wizards, right? Right. That wizards created them, apparently, or that there's and- yes, yeah, some kind of connection between them yeah and he's like this dragon is extraordinarily old and when they get this old all they know is pain yeah. constant pain and it makes them cranky yeah to the so point- if, he's a, <laughs> if he's a little aggressive try to understand why well she, she. It's, a, it's a lady dragon it's a oh, that's right because it has dragon babies that we see a little that's right later. we find that out later and what they tell them is oh yeah well see what our king did and this is a funny part you're gonna love this yeah. what our king did <laughs> was he made a deal with the dragon i had this happen i don't know i don't know if he brought a contract in and the dragon agreed to and signed it <laughs> don't don't but, overthink it this happened before don't worry about it <laughs> but but two times a year we we take one of our virgins and we sacrifice them to the dragon and the dragon leaves our shit alone in that in that great and the, it's like what <laughs> yeah he did what now <laughs> and the thing is we would kind of just like to get rid of the dragon it would be cool if you could come yeah. and use magic to kill the dragon and he agrees he's like yeah sure i'll do it fuck it i'm a wizard right yeah i i got this Meanwhile, Hodge and Galen look at each other like, Jesus Christ, he's not going to be able he can barely walk to the toilet at night. <laughs> he ain't killing no dragon. He ain't killing nobody. He forgets his name half the time. He's not going nowhere. But uh-oh, apparently these village people weren't supposed to be doing this. Right. Well, because they're fucking up the king's deal with the dragon. All right. And who shows up? But Tyrion. Uh- Tyrion, who's one of the royal guard or whatever, and uh, he's like, hey, what first the fuck of all, are you doing? <laughs> first of all, fuck you for even being here. Second of <laughs> all, this old wizard is a fake anyway. 
Yeah, that's he right. He can't he can't kill a dragon. He's because just when they, he, it's just a bunch they, of tricks. Yeah, when they came up to the door, they asked. He asked them, "Did you go see?" Before he agrees to do it, he goes, "Did you go see the so and so sisters?" And they're like, "They're dead." Well, what about Kedamore of, of Gandalfstring? And they're like, "He's he's so senile. He he no." He's like, "What about Gandalf? He's he's around here somewhere. I heard he killed a Balrog at one point." And they're like, <laughs> "What about he, Professor Dumbledore?" He went back to the West. <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. What about Professor Dumbledore? They're well, all gone. What about Merlin? <laughs> Merlin's got to be doing something. Well, he's aged backwards into a baby. So all we have oh, is shit. you. And he's like, fuck it, fine, fuck it. All God right. damn it. But now Tyrion's there and he's like, he's like saying, Oh yeah, if the well, he's basically a skeptic. He yes, could he have is. his own, he could have his own YouTube channel. He has a really good line where cause cause he says, I want you to prove that you really have powers. And the old man says, We don't do tests. Yeah, Hodge goes, We don't yeah. do tests. And Tyrion says, ah, yeah, they never do tests, do they? They talk a big game, but when it comes time mm -hmm. to actually prove it, oh, it's all of a sudden, we don't do tests. And I'm like, yeah, in a non-magical world, you have a really good point, man. That's right. And Ulrich, <laughs> Ulrich says, fuck you, I'll do a test, fuck you. And he's like, Watch this. He's like, Galen, go upstairs and go find that dagger. And Galen's like, okay, I'll go find the dagger. That's right. I'll do it right now. I'll go, I'll go get the dagger because I'm a good apprentice. And he runs up there. He finds the dagger up in the tower and he throws it down and then the minute he throws it down all of the doors and windows in the tower close themselves and lock <laughs> right so galen can't get out right um because galen realizes pretty quick what's about to happen right uh, and he Ulrich doesn't want that to the happen yeah Ulrich mm -hmm. takes the dagger and he does a little incantation over it, waves his hand around and then he hands it to Tyrion, and he's like all right stab me buddy and Tyrion's like okay okay and he stabs him and he fucking dies. <laughs> and he fucking dies right there. End of and, test. Tyrion <laughs> leaves laughing. The the group of people that came with Valerian are bummed out and they've got to leave. And they burn up. They burn. Oh, and the minute he dies, all the doors open up. The doors open. Right. Yeah. And now, you know, what the fuck are they going to do? Is just going to be Galen and <laughs> and Hodge just wandering around the castle with nothing to do, I guess, because they're kind of cleaning stuff up and putting stuff away and burning up, burning up the master and collecting they his, burn his body. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hodge and, gathers some of his ashes into a leather pouch. Remember that mm, for later. Um, I really love how they don't underline that. No, he seems really kind of grumpy don't. about it. He's it's like he's just doing a chore. There's no mm -hmm. like significance attached to it at the time mm -hmm. yeah even when later on he really underlines how significant the, but the when he's ashes are right when, exactly when he when he catches the arrow he's like don't forget this it's really important mm -hmm. so um, yeah. um but what happens is the master had a particular little amulet thing with a little crystal at the end and as he's trying to clean up this amulet keeps popping up right yeah, he it sees keeps it. appearing in places. Yeah, he puts it in a box. It pops up again while he's cleaning. He's like, "God damn it!" He puts it in the box, and then he puts it under a chest. It pops up again. And he's like, "God damn it!" And he puts it back in the box, and he puts it under the chest, and he dumps it in the river. And he's still cleaning, and it pops up again. And then he finally gets it. Oh, maybe <laughs> I got the magic now, right? Yeah. And he calls Hodge. Hodge goes, "Shit!" And okay. out of the two of them, they had concerns because the, when they were talking about the. When they were talking about Ulrich, that Ulrich couldn't make the journey, right? Right. 
he's too old, he's too weak. There's no way he's going to be able to make the journey all the way to Erland to kill the to kill the dragon. Right. And but Hodge is even frailer looking. He yeah, the master he, ever was. He seems way older than than he's uh, literally Ulrich made was. out of yeah. sinew and bone, and that's it. Yeah, he's a beard on a skull. <laughs> But they cut to him. <laughs> Hodge is carrying a pack three times larger than him. And um, Galen has now assumed that he has inherited his master's powers because he's like, you know, hovering a, an egg. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and he's and, like, see, this proves it. And Hodge is like, you're getting too big for your britches. Knock it the fuck off. You're disrespecting Galen's the like, master. Shut up. And he shut floats up. his pack around. And, yeah. yeah. And then strips his clothes off. Yeah. And then he puts his clothes back on and he lets him know, I have as much respect for the master as you did, but I'm the master now. Yeah. So deal with he it. says, he says, look at me, look at me. <laughs> I'm the master. I don't now. want. Oh, oh. <laughs> so they catch up to the catch up to the people who are all bummed out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And he's like, guess what? I'm the sorcerer. I can kill your dragon. Dude, dude, dude. Isn't that, isn't that great? <laughs> and no one really buys this shit because he's like this goofy little, this goofy young man and he's trying to uh, impress them. The yeah. next morning, um, Valerian is out taking a bath mm -hmm. and and um, Galen goes out and goes, how's the water? And I'm like, it's murky and cold. You're swimming in a pond. It looks disgusting. You're not, you're getting more dirty if you jump in that pond water. And it's like, great. And he jumps in completely naked. And then he sees Valerian naked. And what's going on with Valerian? She's got lady parts. That's right. She got no dick. And, <laughs> and Galen's like, I totally know. I knew it. I knew from the start. Yeah, I, I, you never had me fooled for a second. But uh-oh, Tyrion has heard that the apprentice, mm -hmm. that someone from from Ulrich's camp is coming anyway to use its magics to kill the dragon. And right. he's like, no. And Fuck so that. while while uh, while he's looking in the water, while uh, Galen's looking in the water, he has like this vision. And he sees Tyrion aiming an arrow and kind of like shooting it at him. And he goes, no. And he runs away. And we see Hodge and he's fine. He's just fine. Yes. I don't like going over the seed because I fucking love Hodge. I really he, do. Hodge catches an arrow. <laughs> oh, Jesus, does he ever? <laughs> right in the chest. And he falls over. Yeah. And he's just as impatient with Galen as he always is. I, that's what I love because he's like he's like the master's ashes, and he takes the master's ashes, and um, he he's trying to tell him something, and Galen's not getting it, so he grabs the back of Galen's head and yanks him towards him and says, "Lake." He tells him, "Lake of fire." Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Galen's like, he, "Whatever, dude." And then he dies. Yeah. I hope those f Tyrion's fucking proud of himself. Congratulations. You shot an old man. Way to go. <laughs> you <laughs> you killed a frail old man from a distance. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> now who's going to carry that pack that's three times bigger than him? Anyway, they take the boats, they get back, they get back to Erland, mm -hmm. and they're walking past the dragon's lair, and and Galen's like, is that where the dragon lives? And they're like, yeah, let's get past it, shall we? Let's just keep moving. It's not time to fight the dragon yet. Let's and he's like, but but I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. I want to I wanna kill the dragon right now. <laughs> and they're like, uh, uh, all right. And so he grabs the amulet, right? Yeah. And he says some words, and he makes all these rocks fall down over the entrance. Yeah. Right? And it covers it up. And everyone says, good job, you did it. 
way to go. You did a good job. And that dragon, not I even I as a 12 year old was like, that dragon's not dead. Yeah, it's like jack this, shit. This, this movie's only been over 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfucker's fact, coming out of there. Does, when he does do the thing, it's a little bit like it overcompensated. It did more than what he wanted because he right. doesn't have because, well, control over it. Yeah. Right. Because the, it covers the entrance, and then it just the rock slide keeps happening, and he's like, "Whoa, ho, oh, whoa, we're good," but it but it keeps happening for a while. So they yeah. go back to the village. They all think the dragon's dead. They're all having a party. We cut back into Valerian's hut, and what we didn't cover was we've already covered the fact that the king sacrifices a virgin girl twice a year, mm -hmm. and yes. his father. The minute she was born. They disguised her her gender to keep her right. from being she, sacrificed. Yeah. She's been living as a guy for her entire life, but now that mm -hmm. they think the dragon's dead, she's like, "I'm putting these babies out on display." She's holding she's holding a, a dress up to her, thinking about doing it, and her father's like, "Whoa, what you doing? Wait a minute." <laughs> Look, we've kept this a secret for a good long time, at least 18 years. Let's maybe, not. Let's not. Maybe do it. we should. We should ease the rest of the villagers into it. Listen, if maybe. we were if we were eating the dragon right now, then I would be totally cool with yeah. it. But what you just did you see is, the dead dragon? Did you see the dead dragon? But she's like, fuck off. And so she puts on the dress. She comes yep. out. And everyone's looking at her. Right. Because everyone's thought of her as a boy. Right. Um. But then Galen comes up and they, you know, they dance, they dance, they dance. and it's very sweet. And Galen's and, like, I saw her naked. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but I he is. saw everything. Mm -hmm. So everyone's danced around. The father's like, oh, she was twice the man of any of any man in the village. And now she's twice the woman. And some guys are a little bitter, like maybe the guys that have lost a child maybe maybe like, because yeah because it's yeah i think you mentioned it. it's like a, it's a lottery it's a lottery that's how they yeah that's how they choose the the sacrifice for the dragon and it's mm -hmm. you know yeah Whoops. but then Tyrion shows up and they're like what are you guys doing with all the party and the roast chickens and the and the dancing and the the man that's now a girl and oh good the apprentice awesome and he's like i killed the dragon and he's like did you now you're gonna come see the king and so they go see the king and he does some feeble magic tricks yeah like making a chicken disappear and no one seems terribly impressed right no he he tries to float a table but he ends up just kind of wobbling and knocking it over <laughs> who wants to see a table fly and the king's a little pissed off because he's like, I didn't ask you to come here. Yeah. Right? No one asked you to come here. You're, you're like, fucking up my deal with the dragon, dude. And he, there's this great line. He says, but your children were dying. And the king says, only a few. Does that yeah. seem cruel? <laughs> well, and, and, and what he really means is, because which, which becomes uh, you know, an important point later, mm -hmm. none of none of the king's children were dying. No, none of the nobles, if you had enough Because money. it was rigged, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, so they lock him up. And while he's locked up, he meets Elspeth. Elspeth. Yeah, the princess. The princess. She come to visit him. And he's like, he's like, she is completely unaware that the lottery is rigged. Right. Right. She's, she thinks that everyone that she she ran the same risk as any girl. And he's like, you can stop lying to me, bitch. Yeah, he's like, come off it. Get real. We all know what's going on here. We you all know what's going on. You think the king on. put your name in the fucking bowl with everybody yeah, else's? Come grow on. The, grow the fuck up, lady. 
and she's like because she's like educated she knows latin and she knows greek and you know she then turns around from galen who's in prison and they find the, the king doing what kings do trying to impel <laughs> impel the amulet that he has torn off of galen's neck to turn lead into gold well sure what else are you gonna and do he's with like it? as king i command you to turn this lead into gold and it glows so hot that it burns his hand and yeah. he's like my hand i am burnt I was like, my royal hand that's what you get, you fucking prick. And she comes in and she's like, Father, I heard somewhere that rich people's kids don't have to go into the don't go into the lottery. Is that true? And he's so distracted about trying to turn lead into gold that he accidentally answers yes. Yeah, and immediately <laughs> corrects himself. Yes, I mean no, no. Because no is the his, true answer. His advisor is like, someone's talking soon. And he's like, No, 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 no. It's perfectly fine. But, you know, she's smart enough to know that that's horseshit, right? Yeah. That she's smart enough to know, though, this is now the truth, that my whole life is a lie, and I live in a kingdom of lies, and, yeah. you know. And she's a good enough person to be bothered by that. Mm hmm But yeah. guess what, Steve? Guess what? Oh, oh, is this the shocking twist that actually the dragon is still alive? Oh, boy, is the dragon still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who saw Maybe. that coming? Because people get the, the earth is shaking. There's smoke coming from where his lair is. You know, everyone knows. And and uh, the local Catholic priest says, don't worry, everybody. I'll take care of this dragon because I got God on my side. Yeah, I'm, sur I'm, I'm surrounded by a ring of Jesus fire. That's right. And a bunch of well, people go out. <laughs> a bunch of people go out with him and yeah. uh then you know trees start falling over and rocks start falling away and red glowing light comes out of the crack where the dragon lives and everyone says okay well bye bye except for one guy who wants to see what happens and he's like okay bye bye <laughs> great great death it's such a great death. oh god he gets when the, oh my god he, he gets the, burned into a crisp yeah yeah i know what he was dumb but he was fucking brave because oh sure can't take out away from him it's a pov shop from um from the dragon's point of view from the dragon and yeah. it just keeps going higher and higher and higher and this is where you hear the sound effect of the intake of breath that the dragon does right before he decides to fricassee somebody yeah yeah and it's just growing and growing and you hear it going and what does he say uh unclean beast unclean beast yeah get the doubt <laughs> yeah and the dragon's like i don't think so i would like to respond to your retort and he just, <laughs> and, burns. just and roasts him Rose him. We don't. It's not a cutaway. We briefly no. see his face with no hair anymore as he's <laughs> yes. in, as he's surrounded in flames, and then and you see his his little priest body just fall into just the fall ravine. into a hole. Yeah, just uh, that's it for him. Say hi to <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and now the dragon's flying around, torturing everything. You know, destroying yeah. the castle and hitting the village. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. So in exchange for two dead people a year. You don't get this. He doesn't do this whenever <laughs> he wants. Yeah, you keep she, calling yeah. him he. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm sorry for misgendering the dragon, but yeah, Not misgendering the dragon. I apologize. So in the in the chaos, uh, the wall to Galen's prison cell. No, she lets no, him out. No, Elspeth lets him out Elspeth when it starts when out. the when the earthquake starts. Yeah, and gives him the amulet back, doesn't she? 
Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, because now she's fucking upset because she. Because she, yeah, she, truth. yeah. So he and, he steals a horse and rides away. And the next morning, they're all looking for him, and they come into they come into Valerian's place. Her dad's a blacksmith, and they're hiding him in a hidey hole underneath the 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 anvil. The anvil, yeah. Because that's where they used to hide Hooch when they had the, you know, the Dark Ages. The the Dukes of Hazard, yeah. No, the prohibition during the when Dukes they of Erland. The Dukes of Erland prohibition hole. Um, and he pops back out again and he's kind of like, Hey, can you make me like a weapon? Yeah, like hey, a like weird, a weapon. Weird random question. Have you ever forged a dragon killing spear? Just you know. Toss and, it out there. and this kind of makes sense. You're living in a world where you have a daughter that's living in hiding because she could be, you know, sacrificed to the dragon if they found out. And he's a blacksmith, right? So he's yeah. been hiding it in a stream. Yeah. He pulls it out. Um, and then he sits down and he cuts a lead horseshoe on it. He says, This is yeah. the finest blade I have ever created. And he's like, that's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's not good enough. And he's like, fuck you. I mean, come on. Look at what I have to work with. I have garbage and whatever else. Do you know how much steel I had to save just to make this? Jesus, you uppity little non-magical prick. Anyway, <laughs> because the dragon is upset, the king has declared a new lottery. And everyone has said in the village says, fuck you. We already had our lottery. And he's like, no, no, we've got to do another one. And so they bring out this great big urn and the, the assistant reaches in to pull the name and he reads the tile and he goes, Oh, oh and, shit. <laughs> and the King gets impatient and says, read the tile. And he gives, he reads it. And it turns out to be who Steve it's princess Elspeth. And the king goes, he has obviously misread uh, <laughs> this No, tile. no, no. Let in, me see. Let in me see the name. Oh, the, shit. <laughs> I can't read. It's not even in English. So The handwriting is very poor. I'll in, file the scribe who, who wrote this. In fairness to the person, whoever this is, will disqualify them. And then he pulls another name. And who, whose name is it? It's wouldn't you know it? It's Princess Elspeth's name again. Yeah. And then it's all Princess Elspeth's name. Yeah. It's and and then she steps forward and she's like, "Okay, good people. Yeah, I did this. <laughs> I rigged it so that it would be my name because, as it turns out, all these years my name hasn't been going in, and that's not fair. So to make it up to you, the dragon will now kill me. That's right. And the, yeah. and the king immediately turns to Tyrion and says, "Yeah." Please do something. And Tyrion's like, it's the law. Yeah. What do you want her me names, to do? <laughs> her, name's, her name's been selected. This is what happens when you create true believers, you prick. This is what happens when you make people believe that this is the only way that you can deal with the situation. And okay, no, he didn't get the amulet. Yeah, back. I was going to so say, I was going to say, was he, during... he, sneaks in, he sneaks into the castle looking for the amulet. Mm -hmm. And the king and, finds and, him. Yeah. The king comes in and the king is like, hey, just the guy I wanted to see. Oh, he's, you know, he's I little, love you. I love magic. I love the whole thing. He's a little more desperate than that. One of the things I do like about the movie is the yes, the king is a prick, but it's obvious that he does love his daughter. He does want to save his daughter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he's like, please. And even though some people are, are like, don't do this. And he's like, no. And he gives him the, the ambulance comes he, back. Yeah. To the him. king gives it to him. Yeah. And he's like, please save her. And he's like, okay. He goes back black. He uses the amulet to heat up the, the 
giant spear. The, the spear, big, yeah. It's a big old dragon killing spear. Meanwhile, Valerian is gone to just outside the lair and has started collecting um, scales. Yeah. To make a to make a shield. Hopefully a fireproof shield, right? And she gives it to him and uh-oh, she's a little upset at Galen because Galen is in, is intending to go there and do the old-fashioned stab the dragon to death with a pointy thing. And yeah. she she kind of loves him. Yeah, she right? does. I mean, he's like, everything will be fine. I'll live to the end, I guess. I don't know. Um, meanwhile, they roll out. So something did happen in between this. We did have a sacrifice. We 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 kind of saw over a it. sacrifice earlier. They did show an actual. We saw sacrifice. a awful, horrible sacrifice where they brought out the girl. They chained her up, and then she pulls her hands out of the chains, which always looked painful to me. Yeah. You know, to the point where she's like spitting on her wrists to try to get out. And she does manage to pull her wrists out of the chains, but then the dragon gets her. Yep. And so now we're kind of getting a repeat of that. They're bringing out, but now it's Princess What's-Her-Face. And, you know, the 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 mountainside's getting all <clears throat> dragony, I guess. And they don't even finish the whole speech that the, the assistant usually does, I guess, right before they make the sacrifice. He says it hastily, and then they all run away. Right. right. And now here's the great subversion of this trope. You have the hero showing up to save the princess, right? Typical yeah. dragon thing, save the princess. But the princess does not want to be saved. Right. She orchestrated this whole thing. Yeah. She orchestrated this whole thing. Even on top of that, Tyrion's there going, I thought you'd show up, you little prick. <laughs> yeah. And Tyrion is also fighting to make sure that Elspeth gets killed by the dragon. Mm -hmm. To the because point he wants which, to, yeah. When he uses his super spear to cut her chains, she just walks directly into the into the dragon's yeah. lair. She goes. She goes toward the dragon. Yeah, exactly. And then she finds some things that maybe she wasn't anticipating. Yeah. We, anyway, yeah. We hear her scream. Whoops! That didn't work out. Anyway. And then uh, Galen. Galen kills Tyrion. Galen kills Tyrion in a really cool way by stabbing him through a uh, through the sacrificial like, pole through right. a post. Yeah, yeah, because the, the, the spear is so sharp that it just goes right through the post and right into Tyrion and kills him dead. The motherfucker. And then he goes. He goes into the cave and he finds he finds and he finds the princess and she's fine she's not being dismembered well, by baby dragons she's being eaten by baby dragons but other than she, that she seems one good. of them one of them yoinks her foot off and, and choose, choose her foot off yeah well they're babies they're growing they need to eat you know it's not they're not growing after galen gets done with them anymore well no he's like oh i gotta kill these gotta kill the baby dragons because there were three of them right yeah yeah so he kills yeah. the baby dragons yeah. Um, and then Mama Dragon's like, did you just kill my no. fucking kids? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You're you're rushing forward. I am. I am. Yeah. He kills he kills the baby dragons and then he goes into this large chamber. Oh, that's right. With the with the the the, the burning water. Yeah. There's water and there's like fire jets coming out of it. Yeah. And he hops and, across the rocks. And something's moving in the water. Yeah. And, and then very very quietly because we've been jawsing the shit out of this dragon oh for sure yes we and, haven't gotten a real good look at it well except no. for maybe when it was flying over the village and setting stuff on fire but yeah but it was kind of like quick shots it was flying really yeah. fast and we've seen like its leg 
and the back of its head up to this point. Yeah. But we haven't, I haven't seen the dragon. And he's looking around, and the dragon is very slowly <laughs> coming up behind him, and he's fucking huge. Or yeah. she's fucking huge. Excuse yeah. me. You did it. I did it too. And he sees, thankfully, he sees the dragon's reflection in the yeah. water and spins around and puts his shield up just as it decides to fucking roast him. And thankfully, the shield does work. It does, re- thankfully, yeah. it does, re- you know, um, repel the fire. We finally get to see the dragon and it's fucking awesome. And then it kind of like loses control of its fire breath because it starts firing up the top of the cave, right? Yeah. And he hops away and uh, the dragon, of course, follows him. And um, the dragon finds its babies and the dragon is not happy about yeah. what you do to my fucking kids, man. <laughs> but I can't have kids again at my age. Galen has climbed up to the top over over the dragon wait yeah over the yeah. dragon and he jumps down onto the dragon's neck and jabs the the spear into him and the dragon yoinks around and he falls off the dragon and then he's got to run away and it didn't work the dragon is yeah. still alive yeah valerian and, finds galen outside the dragon's mm-hmm. lair and galen's like okay so that didn't work Dragon's still alive. He broke the spear. He burned up the, the shield. Yeah. The princess is dead. I've really pissed it off at this point. Things are actually probably worse now than they were before. Um, yeah. yeah. And they're like, maybe we yeah. should leave. Maybe we should leave. I think it would be a good idea if we left. I love you and we should leave, right? Yeah. Let's, let's just go. Let's find a place where there's not a dragon. <laughs> dad, we're leaving. Okay, dad, that's fine. And he's like, okay, fine. And dad gives her a little crucifix. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that work, because religion will protect you. Because that's going to be great. (laughs) But I mean, he's getting, you know, you're out of options. He goes to, he, because he's getting baptized. He's going to go get baptized by the, that's true. Yes. Who is the guy who witnessed the previous preacher die. Yeah. And so now he's the new preacher. (laughs) He saw that and he said, I want that job. Mm hmm. And he's doing the whole thing with faith. We'll be able to destroy the dragon and blah, blah, and through Christ and yada, yada, yada. But everyone is figuring, okay, we know these noises. Dragon's coming yeah. back to just basically this isn't kill, good. kill yeah. the rest of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they are leaving, and he has another vision. Yeah. And he sees in the water the burning that he saw in the water in the lair. And the he goes that's he has a realization he said that's what hodge meant by burning water burning water yeah thankfully he still has his master's asters and he's running back to the lair and valerian's like what about the whole leaving and not dying part was are we still not okay fine i'm following you and as he's running he's basically saying he knew he wasn't going to be able to make it so he had us make the journey for him and we're all like what and meanwhile, the dragon has left the cave and is now just fucking going bananas yeah. all over the place. He's like, fuck this shit. And yeah. they they get into the thing. Valerian sees the dead body and the dead, you know, the dead dragonlings. The and dead dragons, in. yeah. And Galen has found the lake of fire and he opens up the master's ashes and he spreads them out. And there's all the fire goes out and he's like, oh. But then a big tornado of fire comes up. And then his master- God from God from the Ten Commandments springs up. <laughs> Moses. Well, here's the thing. 
around this time, I think it's 82, Ralph Richardson plays God in Time Bandits. Oh, oh, there you go. But he pops up. Um, he's perfectly fine. He's walking on water at this point. He's, dr- he's dressed like a medieval pope. Yeah, he's, he's got nothing but white robes and he's got his yeah. staff. And, uh, you know, Galen is like, you're alive. I thank the things that made me. And he's just like, you don't have anything to eat. By any <laughs> to you. I am starving. Mm-hmm. And then Valerian comes down and he's like, oh, yes, the boy girl. And he's like, listen, um, I'm going to go find the dragon. Here's the amulet. When I tell you, destroy the amulet and me along with it. I am so happy that he said that in that sentence. It's not like a surprise. You killed him. He literally tells him you're going to destroy the amulet and me. But you have to wait for the right time. And he's like, okay. And then he just disappears. And then there's there's a, there's a fucking eclipse in which it kind of implies that maybe he went to the moon because he has this like flash when he disappears. Yeah, yeah. And there's a flash up at the eclipse, and then there's a flash of him way up on this big pinnacle of rock, and he's just sitting there waiting for the dragon to show up, right? And this is one of the neat things about it. It's kind of like the minute the dragon sees the wizard, he's like, oh, fuck, this is on. Yeah. It's like the dragon recognizes the Here wizard. Here I come. <laughs> and now we have the wizard fight, and they're kind of watching. They're climbing up to try to get to him and kind of watching what's going on. And, you know, the dragon pops up and tries to burn him, and he apparently is, is burn proof. Oh, no, that's what he does. He takes his staff and he kind of pops it onto the ground and then uses the staff to shoot lightning at the dragon while he's flying, which is pretty cool. And then the dragon pops up and burns him and burns up his staff. He has to throw the staff away. Um, Then the dragon flies back really fast and kind of cuts him and he falls over. And then we have this long shot where it's coming down and it's obviously going to grab him. And the wizard just raises his arms and lets the the wizard, lets uh, the dragon catch him and take him up into the air yeah and meanwhile valerian and caitlin have been fighting back and forth about when to destroy the amulet and he and he's like he he told me i'd know but still even then ulrich has to say galen do it what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) anytime now dude this isn't exactly comfortable. <laughs> I came back from the dead for this, so let's get oh, going. Do not blow this for me. Meanwhile, the amulet is glowing brighter than it's ever glowed in the entire movie. And he finally smashes it. And what happened? Um, Ulrich explodes. That's right, because Ulrich was and, a wizard yeah. bomb, apparently. <laughs> and that doesn't, you know, suit the dragon so much. And he falls down. So- into the, the dragon lake. falls into the lake and Explodes. dead dragon dead dragon so the next morning what happens uh well they're all kind of milling around the corpse of the giant dead dragon yeah. all the religious people have come up yeah and, and wouldn't saying, you know it the the king shows up that's right the king shows up he's had a better week i think than <laughs> he's had this week because he now knows that his daughter is dead his daughter right? is dead yeah but he's got to save face somehow so what does he yep. do boy he pulls out his humongous broadsword <laughs> and he and he walks up to the extremely dead dragon oh very and he, blown up dragon and, and and he gently pokes the tip of the sword into the dead dragon and his his uh valet says all hail king cassiodorus the dragon slayer mm-hmm. 
And, so, uh, you know, the religious people are praising Jesus and uh, the king is Gale, taking credit. And, Galen and Valerian yeah. just kind of look at each other <laughs> like, let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And so they're leaving and uh, you're kind of figuring, okay, well, magic's dying in the world. Like that was like the last dragon and Ulrich might have been the last wizard. And it's deeply implied that, you know, Catholicism is is taking over. Yeah. Um, And it's not as magical. (laughs) Even, I mean, even Ulrich, when he meets Valerian after he comes back from life, he sees the crucifix on on her neck and looks at it, but doesn't make any commentary on it. No. Um, and you know, she's saying, Galen, are you okay? And he's just, I just wish, and she's like, you wish, wish. And he says, I wish we had a horse and then a horse appears. Yeah. And you're, mm. you're left to think, is there still magic or is that just a coincidence? Doesn't matter. They get on the horse and they ride away to goofy music. The end. The end. So Steve, yes. how do you, how do you feel about this box office bum? <laughs> that I that I watched in the theater and then nurtured a love for it because it wound up on cable. Yeah, it's it's too dark to run on cable on a regular basis, but it did come on cable. Um, you know, it wound up on HBO and and shit sure. like that. But it wasn't going to head for the Disney Channel, and it was not as goofy. And it, it's no Beastmaster. Right. It really is. Um, If you were to use one word for everybody in the world, it's miserable. And they're just looking (laughs) for a slightly better version of miserable. Even the king. No one's happy. Right. No. No. (laughs) How do you feel about this? Not unlifting, uplifting, (laughs) not not whimsical, not music filled, high mm-hmm. fantasy because it's got mm-hmm. dragons in it and magic mm-hmm. and wizards. Dragon Slayer. Oh, Jason, I know you were trying to pick a favorite of yours that I would hate. Oh, I never do that, but okay. <laughs> well, I hate to disappoint you, but I like this movie. How many more times you did like three switcheroos in that intro? Yeah. I figured, um, I figured out of all the fantasy movies that I've watched, this one, the depressing one, the depressing one that kind of kind of comments on Christianity a little would bit be the, yeah. would be the one that maybe maybe you would find OK. Well, and you were right, although it's not it's not the fact that it's dark is not the main thing about it that appeals to me, although mm-hmm. I don't mind. I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I liked I liked the movie. I didn't love it. Um, it's the sort of thing that isn't really my cup of tea, but I liked it a lot more than I tend to like films of this genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are a few reasons why. First, it gets right to the point. <laughs> it does. There's no narration. There's no opening wall of text. Oh, there's no explanation of anything, really. No, there's no world building or... I mean, there's world building through the story, but there's not like extraneous sure. world building mm-hmm. um, or exposition or shots of fucking maps. Um, <laughs> we jump right in and the story is pretty ah. straight. And the story is pretty straightforward. It's people show up at a sorcerer's house. They say, hey, we have a dragon where we come from. We would like to not have a dragon. Please come kill the dragon. Uh, the old sorcerer dies, the apprentice takes over, tries and fails to kill the dragon, the old sorcerer comes back, kills the dragon, and dies again, and the young apprentice gets the girl and rides off into the countryside, and there's your movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's under two hours, it's lean, it doesn't get lost in the weeds or distracted by minutia, 
It's no. unpretentious. It takes itself seriously enough that you can care about what happens, but it doesn't feel like the people who made it thought they were adapting Shakespeare or the fucking mm -hmm. Bible. Um, <laughs> second, the characters are simply but clearly drawn. Yeah. And the good guys are likable and the bad guys are unlikable. Nobody has more than one name. <laughs> Nobody has a convoluted character history that we're forced oh to hear God. about. Uh, <laughs> Ulrich the old sorcerer. Ulrich the old sorcerer seems like a good guy. Mm -hmm. Ralph Richardson plays him and manages to maintain his dignity throughout. Mm -hmm. Galen is at a nice midpoint between wide-eyed innocent and cocky prick. Mm -hmm. So like he's never unlikable, but also he has some growing up to do, so he can have a character arc. Mm -hmm. um, we see that he's not the sorcerer he claims to be when he takes on the mission, but also he's not completely ineffectual. Like he can do some stuff. Um, he's insecure, but he's also genuinely brave. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like a chore to watch him. He's a good character to follow in the story. Yeah. And and Caitlin Clark as Valerian gets to be something other than a girl who needs to be rescued. But yeah, at, the at same no time, point does she need yeah. to be rescued in this? No, but at the same time, they don't push too hard in the direction of she's not like other girls either. Mm -hmm. They briefly tease a love triangle between Galen and Valerian and Princess Elspeth, but then they make it clear that Galen's into Valerian, mm -hmm. but they still give Elspeth something meaningful to do in the story. Yeah. There are two great villains Tyrion, who gives galen multiple reasons to want to kill him so it That's feels true. good when galen actually does get to kill him and then there's also the king uh who gives the film just just a whiff of social commentary they think by you're being missing one of the main villains of the movie <laughs> the church <laughs> <laughs> the fucking the fucking dragon well i i don't know if the dragon is a villain though Mm, I would argue well, that the I'm, dragon. Yeah, keep going, keep going. The, yeah. the dragon is a threat, but I would. But anyway, so I'll get to the dragon in a second. Um, but yeah, and the king who gives the film just a whiff of social commentary by being the corrupt ruler who only pretends to be noble and strong, but actually cares only about covering his own ass while keeping mm -hmm. up appearances so the peasants don't revolt. And the third thing is, I dig the dragon. Mm -hmm. um, I guess because I didn't see this movie until I watched it for this, I'm not quite as impressed by it as the people who say best dragon ever. Uh, but then again, I don't give a shit about dragons, so I have yeah. no opinion on what is the best dragon ever. Right. The only other <laughs> um, dragon dragon you've seen in a movie is probably Pete's dragon. And, right. that's it. And, yeah. and also the dragons in He-Man, but they're cartoon dragons. Yeah, and they're not impressive. Well, Granamere is pretty impressive. But, they're no very, no, no. I mean, no he just sits, he, he he hardly ever moves. He just kind of sits there and he has those little wings. And you're like, how can he fly with those little wings? That this is a motherfucker. Pissed but, off, angry dragon. This yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> when um, the, the great thing is they have a giant head for the dragon, a big giant puppet head. Yeah. And they do manage to be able to shoot the dragon so that you know, shit. The dragon's yeah. pissed off now. Oh, that's a that's yeah, that's that's a mean not dragon. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there are a few of the effect shots here and there. I I don't think look very good, uh, especially the ones where the dragon is flying. But overall, I think the dragon does look good, and it's um, you know they use a combination of animation and what looks like model work and some puppetry, mm. uh, and it works very well i love you mentioned how they jaws the fuck out of it i love how sparingly they show the dragon yeah. until his first fight with galen 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just you see body parts, you see isolated parts of the dragon, or you see his head, but from behind, and then mm-hmm. the extreme foreground. So you know, it creates a sense of menace and anticipation. It, it's all sound and and yeah, you know, it's and and it's great. Uh, it is great foley work for the dragon. It definitely it, is, yeah. it has a presence, especially that sound effect when it's in taking breath. The first time you well, hear it, you're like, yeah. what is he doing? And then by the time you start hearing <laughs> oh. it again, you're like, shit, Galen, get behind that goddamn yeah. shield. Well, I think the the important thing is that even though it is a result of a combination of techniques that they use to get this character on screen, it feels like it's a thing that's really there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like these characters are reacting to a special effect. It feels like no. it's really there. And that's that's the whole point. That's really important. Mm-hmm. And but, but the reason I say I don't really consider the dragon to be a villain is because they do add that little dab of sympathy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ulrich tells Galen near the beginning that this dragon is really old. And when dragons get to be this old, they're basically in pain all the time. Yeah. The dragon isn't evil he's just an old sick animal doing well what he, he does. says when an at when 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 a um, dragon is in this much pain he says they get vengeful yeah they get you know they basically don't fuck with them please stop yeah, fucking just, with just, the dragon just, and if you make a deal <laughs> to give him two versions a year don't go back on that yeah because because and he, also she's maybe, not gonna like that maybe kill it instead of entering a pact with a dragon that has no <laughs> maybe end just kill it just kill the dragon because it's um, very obvious very soon if galen hadn't come along there were going to be three more fucking dragons for them to continue yeah that's with. true that's true it was making new dragons mm-hmm. and fourth even though it's a movie with dragons and wizards and shit it has a sense of realism to it mm-hmm. both aesthetically and morally the the locations we see these characters traveling through and interacting with all feel grounded like places that might actually exist Mm-hmm. and the rules of the world in terms of how people act and what the consequences of their actions are feel sometimes too familiar. <laughs> uh, the dragon is killed, but it doesn't really seem like the people of the land have been liberated because mm-hmm. they're still stuck with this dipshit king yeah, um, who immediately rides in to take the credit and take the glory. Two things right in yeah. to take the yeah. credit at the end oh, of the that, Yeah, that's true because the, the, the priest is there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though Galen and Ulrich killed the dragon at the cost of, at the cost of Ulrich's life, they don't get the credit for it. So there's a cynicism there, but that cynicism makes it feel less like a fairy tale where once the dragon has been vanquished, the curse has been lifted from the land. Mm-mm. Not that there would be anything wrong with that necessarily, but they went another way here and I like it. There's a subversive nature to yeah. the film where yeah. the religious people pop up the minute one threat is one threat is over with the dragon mm-hmm. here comes christianity yeah and it's not like celebratory the movie isn't hooray look christianity hooray it's kind of like oh shit here they come <laughs> here they come there's a reason why the, there's a reason why the heroes still leave yeah right? oh yeah even though the dragon is dead galen's like all right let's go (laughs) yeah fuck this fuck these people back back on the road let's go back okay do you know i have a castle let's go back to (laughs) craig right let's go back and live in my castle Mm -hmm. um anyway i i do think the choice to bring ulrich back in the last act and have him be the one who kills the dragon weakens galen as the hero 
a little bit. Um, imagine if Star Wars had ended with Obi-Wan Kenobi coming back to life to blow up the Death Star after Luke Skywalker been... is unable to do it by himself. What, he has to uh, shoot Obi-Wan Kenobi into the exhaust port? Yeah, shoot me into the exhaust port, Luke. It's the only way. I, um, ki- I kind of agree with it, but well, I, I mean, there's a scene. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Go, keep going. Well, I'm, a, I'm of good. There's a scene after Ulrich comes back to life. Yeah. And he says, where, where Galen says, you know, I was, I thought I was powerful. I wasn't. I thought I was, you know, this and I wasn't. I, yeah, yeah. I thought I was brave and I wasn't. And Ulrich says, no, you have been brave. Yeah. And you're going to be braver still. Yeah. Um, and I think that, again, since they wrote this with an eye to let's not have any tropes. Let's yeah. start a trope and end it different, right? With Galen, I think it would have betrayed kind of everything that we've encountered up to this point if he turned out to be the hero, right? If he turned mm-hmm. out to be the one, you know, the 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 point of the movie is Galen is a hero, but he's a hero in a different way. And he's made a lot of mistakes going along the way, right? But eventually he figures it out and he helps in destroying the dragon, Right. All the yes. wizard wants to do is get picked up by the dragon, and Galen's the one that has to decide to destroy the amulet. This one thing that he's associated with all of his magic power, he's now yeah. going to have to sacrifice in order to kill the dragon, and he does it. Um, yeah. And then they leave that question open. Is Galen still magical? Right, because the horse shows up, and it's like, is that because he wished for it or what? Yeah. And this time, without the amulet. Without the amulet, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds about it. Yeah, because because I do think not having Galen be the one to kill the dragon weakens him as the hero. But at the same time, you're right. He it's not like they completely sideline him. I mean, he does no. have something important to do mm-hmm. in in the killing of the dragon. And the you know when Ulrich died the first time, he prevented Galen from coming to help him because mm-hmm. obviously Galen would have come out to try and save him. Yeah, And then the second time, it's the exact opposite, where now Galen has to be the one to do it. Yeah. You know, so there, so there is some structure there. I mean, there, it's, it, they didn't just, you know, go willy-nilly about, like, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. some meaning to what happens. Um, so, and, and the way they do it works, and, you know, and they do set up Ulrich's return with the, the ashes in the bag and everything. So it, it, it all fits together nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's just, I, I noticed that when I watched the movie, I, I kind of wish Galen had gotten to kill the dragon himself, but, um, that's a minor point. Like yeah. that doesn't really seriously affect they how kinda, I feel about the movie. At the beginning of the movie, they kind of set it up. This is a, a wizard dragon fucking thing. This is a thing. <laughs> this is a wizard dragon fucking thing. We made them. Yeah. We probably shouldn't have. There was a time when yeah. Yeah. the skies were lousy with dragons and that's our fault. And now most yeah. of the wizards are dead and most of the dragons are dead and we need to get this beef out. And Galen's kind of like, <laughs> if Galen had killed the dragon, I don't know what that would do for the Galen character necessarily, right? He would have the satisfaction of doing it. I'm perfectly happy that Galen attempted to do it on his own well, that's without, the other thing. without yeah. any magic, that he tried to do it on his own. That's the yeah. other thing that I think makes it makes it work more than it otherwise would is that by the time you get to that point in the movie, it's not like you feel that Galen still needs to prove himself. No, no. You know, because you've seen enough that you know that what Ulrich tells him is true, that he has been brave. 
and he has yeah. like we've seen him be brave you know it's so it's not like oh they neutered galen because he didn't get to kill the dragon i just you mm-hmm. know it's um but yeah so it's a well-made entertaining movie it doesn't bore me it doesn't make me roll my eyes <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's a solid what it is is it's a solid pulp adventure movie yeah and because of that i really have no complaints yeah you know? and so yeah there you go i liked yeah. it your turn my turn my turn when i was a kid i liked it because there was a dragon in it you know the dragon got to do things you got to eat eat a bunch of girls and kill a priest and fly around and torch things and fight a fucking wizard and now that i'm an adult what i really like about it is it's deep cynicism which is something that you usually don't associate with a fantasy film right you don't have oh you know the hobbit was deeply cynical no it wasn't you know it still had a lot of the tropes that we expected to be in and and knowing that this was written for because they didn't have to i mean here's the thing we didn't get a whole lot of dragon slaying movies up to this point. It wasn't like they were trying to buck a trend by saying right. we're going to we're just not going to do any of the tropes. They just decided to not to do any of the tropes, which is perfectly fine. And that's what makes the movie to me interesting. I like Galen. He can be a little shrill at times, but what I like about Galen is that it's very obvious that his confidence after he thinks he's gotten his master's powers is only skin deep. He's yeah. not totally, you know, um, convinced that he now has the master's power and he can do whatever he wants. It's obvious he's not in control of any of it. You know, you have uh, Valerian who is not a princess who is in fact disguised as a boy at the beginning. She has her own arc and her own story, right? That is related to Galen's, but not necessarily wholly contingent on Galen falling in love with her. It's obvious that she does. She's kind of thinking that maybe he loves the princess. He don't. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that the princess is somebody who is scantily in any of the scenes, but you know what she's about, right? It doesn't take much to figure out what she's about. And and I love the reversal of that trope. The princess that wants to be devoured by the dragon. Yeah. Because she thinks it's it's going to fix things. It'll be, you know, everything will be perfect. The fact that you get the idea that Tyrion isn't just doing it because he's an evil guy, right? He's just not enforcing this law because it's evil. He honestly believes if we don't do this, the dragon's going to fuck our shit up. Have you noticed how he fucked our shit up the last time? We screwed around with the dragon. I don't want you screwing around with the dragon again. We have this thing that's a threat to the village and to the castle and to our little kingdom. And I'm going to kill you to prevent you from fucking our shit up again. Yeah. Yeah. But the princess is, I don't care who it's like with him. It's like, he doesn't care who gets sacrificed. It's so long as someone gets sacrificed. I love the dragon because believe it or not, despite the fact that the dragon has zero lines, thank God in this movie. (laughs) is its own character when we finally meet it he's more she's more than just a special effect she you know there are when she finds her baby's dead you know shit i mean it's it's not terribly you know nuanced or deep but at least they bothered right you know that oh shit or when when the dragon recognizes the wizard you go shit oh shit she recognizes Ulrich as a as a wizard it's fucking (laughs) on between yeah. the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, some of the special effects haven't hold up that great, but boy, they're still they're still good. They still they still tell the story. And that's the important part. And so now that I'm older, 
I don't have to suffer through, oh, we need to use the magic ferry boat to get to the La La Land so you can defeat the dragon. It's like, Bleh. no. And when the dragon dies, it's fucking gross. The mm-hmm. dragon's corpse is not pretty. It's like all it's, blown open. It, and It's a dead animal. It's, it's a, a dead, dead animal. animal. It's a dead animal. And nothing in here is terribly pretty or nice or pleasant. You know, the, the, the village that he goes to just looks like a, you know, a rundown village made of rocks and thatch. You know, and then they they do that by showing the king and the king's. We know. I don't think we ever see an exterior of the king's castle. We might. I don't think but we I'm, do. But it's not but, like a majestic shot. Oh of like no! A, you know, no one's going yeah. overboard trying to. I mean, they call it Castle Cragamore, but you see Castle Cragamore, and it's not anything that great, right? Yeah. Um, and I love the characters, and they do they do such a good job, and this is both. Um, and thanks to the characters, but also to the writing, that we don't need a whole lot. How long did it take us to get who Galen was? Two and a half, three seconds, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For us to figure yeah. it out? Or who Hodge was, who's just this helper <laughs> that helps around this cranky, you know, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, Batman's butlerish kind of guy who knows yeah. all of the all of the master's secrets. And all of them are like that. Tyrion, the minute we see Tyrion, we know that he's up to no good, right? With the minute we see him, just from his character design and some of the first words out of his mouth, you know, that guy's going to be trouble. Same thing with the king. The king's a piece of shit. The minute you meet him, you know he's a piece. Yeah. He's watching Galen try to do magic tricks. He's totally not impressed. He's probably pissing down his leg because some asshole came into the kingdom and is fucked with the dragon, right? Yeah. Because he says, I hope you're right. I really hope. That this fucking Drake is dead because because if not, <laughs> if not <laughs> we're gonna pay for it, you little prick. And they do; they wind yeah. up having to pay for it. Um, so if you're looking for a happy, jolly, you know, super fun fantasy high fantasy film, you ain't getting it. This is darker than anything in the Lord of the Rings. This is darker than Beastmaster yeah. or anything else that came out. Even though they, the other movies had violence and tits in it, this one is earned. They created a world that wasn't great. It was like no one's really having a whole lot of fun anywhere. And uh, I think that's one of the, I think the cynicism about it, especially the ending where the king takes credit or the church, depending on how you want to, because they, they show up to to claim yeah. victory over the dragon. They didn't do jack shit. You know, who did, no. you know, who gave us all, all Ulrich. The, yeah. He died twice for this fucking town up yours. And technically, I don't think he was doing it for the town. I think he was doing it just to get rid of the dragon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why would he give a shit about the town? Yeah. Yeah. So I liked it. I like I like the world building. I love the aesthetic. I love I don't know where they shot it, but it's it's severe and Uh and interesting. I love the design of the dragon. Um, And I just like the characters. So, yeah, I recommend. What a surprise. Steve, recommend. Yes, recommend. This movie didn't make any money. It made no, no it fucking didn't. money. That's why we didn't get Dragon Slayer 2. Thank Christ. However, I think if someone figures out, hey, we could remake that, I will go bananas. No, I you- want them I want them to do a belated sequel where it turns out one of the dragon babies actually survived and he hunts down Peter McNichol and he has like it's a dragon with like an with eye patch. Peter McNichol at this age? Yeah, Peter McNichol at this age, and he's like running a, a tavern somewhere, and he's completely forsworn magic, and he's you know. I mean, between now this movie with the dragon, the next dragon movie we get, I think, is Dragonheart, mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ, 
God, I hate that movie. <laughs> and the dragon and Dragonheart does not need early CG does not look I mean all of the special effects in this movie are better than what was in Dragonheart um, and then the only other movie I think what's the one where dragons take over the world oh is that the has, one with Christian Bale yeah it has Christian Bale in it and a whole bunch of I other can't, people <laughs> I can't I'm remember have to Google it something of fire I can't remember what it's called rain of fire rain of fire which I actually very much like um, Batman versus dragons Batman versus dragons I think it's him and the the Scottish guy, whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. I don't know. <laughs> the Scottish guy, whatever his name is. The Scottish guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but there hasn't been a whole lot of dragon, quote unquote, dragon movies. So I think you're thinking of Gerard Butler. Jerry Butler. That's yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, and uh, McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah. Looking like a G.I. Joe action figure. <laughs> um, but no, I loved it. Steve. Yes, sir. Do you have a movie that you would like to not recommend? I do. Yeah. I certainly do. Hooray. Um, I, I wanted to not recommend another movie with a dragon in it. But okay. I couldn't think of I couldn't think of another movie that I had seen that qualified for this. So I am cheating a little bit and I'm taking I'm taking a slight risk and I am not recommending a movie I have not actually watched. Okay. So if you watch this, anybody listening to this, and it turns out this movie is good, which I don't think there's much chance of that, but I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Just fair warning. I cannot personally vouch for the badness of this movie, but it sure sounds rotten. And I'll give you one good piece of, of evidence that convinces me that this is probably a rotten movie. And that's because it was directed by Uwe Boll. Oh, dear God. So I, I feel like I'm safe. Um, the movie is called... <sighs> In the name of the king, three, <laughs> the last mission. Uh, that's good. This I like the, that. This is the third and so far final film in the in name in the in the name of the king film franchise, mm -hmm. and this one is about a modern day hitman who gets thrown back in time to the Middle Ages and has to fight a dragon, and he ends up accidentally bringing the dragon back home to modern times with him. Is that really the that's that's really that, that's what according to wikipedia that's that's what happens so since i haven't seen the movie myself and since i can't vouch for it personally i did look up some reviews of it and here is just a little snippet from jeffrey kaufman's review from blu-ray.com there's very little here that bears any interest bowl is evidently appealing to some segment of the buying public or he is an almost unfathomable salesman himself able to get funding for his movies and then distribution deals with vaunted studios like fox in the name of the king three the last mission is typical bowl in just about every way possible it's mm. largely uninvolving has rote effects laughable characterization and a completely predictable plot mm. so that Apparently, not only does the dragon come forward in time from medieval days, but you can see it coming a mile away. So there you go. Not recommended in the name of the King three, the last mission. All right. Well, as you guys know, I like to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed. And it's it's 1980. Is it 1980? 1981. 81. And uh, I didn't pick one. <laughs> I forgot to put it on with me. Ah, shit. <laughs> I mean, there are some movies that came out this year that have stuck with me for the rest of my fucking life. Mm -hmm. Most notably, this came out that year, 
and Time Bandits came out in 81. Yeah. And then to a lesser effect, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Clash of the oh, Titans, yeah. Yeah. and Excalibur. Ooh. So it's like there were some there were some good movies that came out, but I'm just scrolling through here to see if I've seen uh mm, no. Oh the hand. Ugh. Okay, no. Yeah, Halloween 2 is pretty fucking bad. Uh um, yeah. no, it's like really both. Endless yeah. Love came out that year. Blah. No. <laughs> Everything sucks. It's so gross. I hated the devil and Max Devlin. Remember that one? Anything with Cosby in it at this point is just bad. Oh, yeah. Don't go see that. <laughs> but I have to pick something that I have seen. So I'll just do this one. Someone took a classic character. In fact, you could say a classic character that inspired several other classic characters. Zorro. Ooh. Zorro. Zorro. We all know yes. Zorro, who inspired Very influential. Batman and a whole bunch of other superheroes. Indeed. Mostly Batman. It's kind of like Batman just stole everything from Zorro. When you, when, you, when you learn more about Zorro, you start to realize, oh, shit. Batman just ripped him off. So wait, when Zorro's not being Zorro, he's a he's a rich playboy kind of character. <laughs> that, that sounds familiar. Don, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, but, you know, you can you can explain it. Don Diego. Don Diego. Uh, but you can explain it by saying that, well, Bruce Wayne saw the Zorro movie right before his parents were killed. See, so Bruce Wayne is actually the mm -hmm. one ripping off Zorro, not the creators of Batman. Mm -hmm. Well, in this case, someone, specifically George Hamilton, remember him? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He Love saw Zorro. Bite. He saw Zorro and he said, well, what if it's not Batman? But what if Zorro was gay? And yep. then they made a movie. <laughs> and they did they did that because George Hamilton was a big enough star at the time. Well, something <laughs> happened. I can't I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was you had Don Diego as Zorro wearing all black, and then something happened to him where he can't be Zorro. So like his identical twin brother or something like that um comes in to play, to be Zorro. But the difference is is that Zorro is gay. Does that mean we have an extended sex scene with someone? No, he's just you know, a mincing, swishing gay character. He's stereotypically gay, yeah. And he starts appearing in costumes that aren't all black, they're all gold or all pink or all... You get the idea. Because <laughs> gay people like colors. Now, to the movie's credit, the gay, the gay Zorro lives to the end of the movie. And he's the one that's doing most of the heroics. And yes, he can do the Z, uh, you know, when he does the Z for Zorro and stuff like that. But it's still kind of tasteless and not funny. And it was kind of like he had made, what was the name of the Dracula movie that he made? Love, Love at First, First Bite. Love at First Bite. He had made Love at First Bite about Dracula moving to New York. And that went over like gangbusters. And so then he was going to make this next movie called Zorro the Gay Blade. And it's not, and don't, don't do it. Don't watch it. And that's it. Hey, Steve. Yes, my friend. It's time for me to make an announcement. <gasps> Uh-oh, this was the last episode? Yeah, this is the last episode. I'm sick of you. I'm oh. sick of the show. No, it's time for our listeners to tell us what to watch. Aha, once again, we turn the reins over to our listeners. Ding, 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 ding. Hello, patrons. If you are a Patreon patron and you want to tell us what to watch, then please go to Patreon 
go to the comment section under this slide, you know, the extended one that we give to only Patreon users, feeling mm -hmm. left out everybody else. For just a dollar, you could become a patron. And then you could vote on this and you can watch the three-hour versions of the show. <laughs> and that and we get post. to see us. We get to yeah. see us on video. Yeah. And get to see us. But it's that time again. Remember, you guys are not limited by the weird rules that I have that I normally put in, in force when it's just me and Steve. You can ask us to review new movies. Just please don't review, ask us to not review not movies. And please don't ask us to review things like Schindler's List or something that we will hate ourselves for. That we have intentionally avoided because we we were afraid of how in bad taste that show would be. That's right. <laughs> but please go to go to Patreon. Go ahead under the in the comment section underneath this. Go ahead and put your your place. I'm asking you guys only one. Don't put twelve. Just put one. Yes. And if there is more than one vote for a particular movie, that's the one we're going to do. If it's not, then I throw them at Steve and force him to make an extra terrible choice. <laughs> it's A through double F or however right. many there are. Yeah. But while we wait for our patrons to vote for the, the movie that they want us to review, it's time for you mm -hmm. to make a terrible choice, Steve. Okay. Okay. And this is from a director we've never done before. Oh, okay. Care to know who that director is? I would love to know who that director is, if you want Robert, to tell me. Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Yes, okay. He's never really had it as big as, say, Tarantino, huh? No, he not, not so much. Not so much. But I have picked three movies that are arguably three of his most popular films, and you have to choose okay. between A, B, or C. There is one that I want you to pick, and there is okay. one that I really don't want you to pick at all. Okay. So please don't pick it, okay? Uh, well, you know I have no control over this, but I, know, I will do but my best. I know, but you got to promise me right now that you're not going to pick the one that I don't want you to pick. So please, Steve, A, yes. C, or C, please go for it. Please. Oh, God, please. Oh, grant my wish. <laughs> C. God damn it. <laughs> oh See, I, I have no control over this. This is no, no, no. You can't oh. put this on me. This is you. This is you. Because I don't know what the three movies are or what the letters are. You can pick whichever one you want, and I would never know the difference. We throw it out your, to the universe, and the universe pollutes you every your, single your time. Integrity, your integrity is what does this to us because you True. refuse to rig the drawing. You don't. <laughs> you won't do like the king does. Oh yeah, I won't do what that that piece of shit king does in the in the Dragon Slayer movie. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Had you chosen A, we would have reviewed El Mariachi. Okay. Yeah. Big. That was his big breakthrough. Yeah. The original one. Yes. The first one. Had you chosen B, we would have reviewed Sin City. Oh, I wish I had chosen B. Yeah, me too. Oh. I but like you didn't choose B. Okay, I didn't. You choose to, you chose one of the, the movies from his when he skews the other direction when he's not uh. making ultra violent movie for adults. <laughs> but he changes it up. So the movie we're going to review is the children's film. Oh boy, Spy Kids. I thought maybe that's what you were going to say. Uh, yeah, so we get to watch Spy Kids and we get to review Spy Kids. So if you guys want want to know why I'm almost going to quit this show, please watch Spy Kids before the next review. That way you'll understand why I'm, I just, Steve, I can't. I remember watching that movie that came out, what, in 2000? Something like that, yeah. Movie. 
Yeah. I remember thinking it looked awful then. I can't imagine what it's going to look like now. Maybe not so good. Do you think maybe? Maybe many, not so good. How many sequels did Spy Kids have? I think like there nine? were. They did at least. I think they did at least three of them. Possibly a great deal more. I, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. But until yeah, the the uh, redheads kids voice dropped. He <laughs> he made quite a few of them. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening to my birthday movie. Now it's all ruined because I know I'm watching Spy Kids next because he <laughs> can't listen to the universe correctly and pick the right movie. Happy birthday. Thanks. Anyway, for late seating, this is Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this is Steve, Steve Shives. You know, one of the interesting things about the Dragon Slayer is I was watching it, and I, I, I heard something that sounded awfully familiar, and then I realized it was the exact same thing that uh, – our church's pastor said when he baptized me unclean beast get thee down be thou consumed by the fires that made thee <sighs> who said that to you my the our church pastor when he baptized me yeah are you sure it was the baptize part you're awfully young to remember that oh well we tell the story every year at christmas <laughs> did, he, did he then try to drown you in the baptizing fondant, whatever it's called, the the bowl of yeah. holy water? The baptizing bowl. The baptizing bowl. The bapta bowl. Okay, well, uh, did we it were, you know, we were we were Protestants, so we didn't have fancy names for stuff. Um, when he when he dipped you in the water, did he melt like in Raiders of the Lost Yeah, something like that. And then two older boys exploded and now flaming bits of both the priest and no, the older yeah. boys are raining down on the people witnessing it. No, what happened around. was he did, he did, he did actually try to drown me, but, but then my dad grabbed me back and he said, we'll drown him at home. And then we left and we never went back to that church. That really rubbed my dad the wrong way. He was like, I can't believe they weren't even going to talk to us first. They were just going to drown him. And then, you know, they forget. I, the like, I don't mind the unclean beast part. I kind of, I agree with that. I saw him coming out of your body and it was pretty filthy. Yeah, it was, it was pretty filthy. Yeah. And anyway, they took me home and it turns out there was a John Wayne movie on that night. So dad forgot to drown me. And here I am. I like the fact that the distraction was a John Wayne movie. Yeah, I think it was Hondo. Um, and, you know, he just he got into it and fell asleep. And, and this you know, is the story that you tell, tell sitting in front of the Christmas tree every, every Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, every Christmas. Well, I mean, I don't tell it, but yeah, you know, dad. Would Your father it. does. Your father. I would. Does. I mean, we would all we, we would ask him to tell it. We would beg him to tell are you it. like up? tell he's, the baptism story. He's nine beers in. It's time that he's about to tell that story again. You know, yeah, you do that move where you belch and pound his chest as yeah. though trying to force the air down into his lungs. Who, cook, who um, cooks your Christmas meal? Um, well, now e either dad does or dad's or my dad's girlfriend does. Or sometimes we just order from someplace. We'll just get it like catered from someplace. Ugh, catered. Yeah. Well, you know, there's like there's a I mean, not like anything. There's a local grocery store uh, near Clear Spring where dad still lives, where that, that you can order like Christmas ham and, you know, side dishes and stuff. And order. Yeah. What are you New Yorkers who don't know how to cook? You're out live out in the countryside. You should be running down a pig and slaughtering it for the ham. <laughs> you should have done that way back in January and hung it up with, to make sure it cures yeah. by the time Christmas comes along with stone tools. That's right. You yeah, with a sharp rock. You should have bowled the head of that, that hog to make the, the head cheese for the year. Sure. 
got the trotters off, get them soaking in some vinegar so you can eat those while watching the Super Bowl because you, you got to have the trotters for the Super Bowl, right? Of course you do. Well, all the chitlins and you got to mix those intestines up with some greens, collard greens, get those cooked up. That's always good. What the fuck is wrong with you people buying well, it just the, the but, th- but think about it this way. Okay, I know that that is offensive. You did but- curse the family. That priest should have drowned you. <laughs> I know that sounds offensive to you, but compare that to what I would be doing if I were left to my own devices, which is just getting like oh dear God, a, get, getting like a container of microwavable Bob Evans we, mashed potatoes and just we, eating them over the sink by myself. When I am widowed, we are going to have to live together because otherwise, yeah, that's exactly what you're going to eat something out of, yeah, something that's yeah. been microwaved while you watch a repeat of some wrestling show. Sure. Well, if depending on the holiday. Now, if it's if it's Thanksgiving, then it'll be the Survivor Series. Um, if it's Christmas, it'll probably be Starcade. Even though Starcade used to be on Thanksgiving too, but then in the later years they moved Starcade from Thanksgiving to Christmas because of the conflict with Hello, the Survivor Series. So I always associate Starcade more with Christmas, even though it did start on Thanksgiving and in fact predated well, the Survivor Series by four years. But uh, anyway, well, yes. now Steve, that's just not going to happen once I move in. <laughs> there won't be any more wrestling. You're going to find out that these fun characters that I play all the time on the show, I just lapse into them when I'm walking around. <laughs> and at Christmas time, I turn in, I turn into my grandmother, and there's not going to be any wrestling on the TV. No, that's too no. bad. It's going to be on the Pope Channel, so we can see the him talk to people. It'll be the Pope Channel. They got me the Pope Channel for the cable. I asked. Put on the it. Holy Father. That's Put right. The Holy Father on. And you're going to be helping me cook the goddamn meal. I'm not going to do it by myself. I'll, of course, I'll, help. I'll, open the can gonna... of, I'll, I'll open the canned cranberry sauce. Canned? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> who, who, what kind of filth? You are an unclean beast. <laughs> you open and? the canned cranberry sauce. You <laughs> shake it out. You lay it sideways in a nice dish. You slice little slices off. Oh, and I suppose that's too much trouble because you'd rather just eat some garbage out of the out of the freezer that you heated up. Exactly. Maybe you didn't even heat it up. Maybe you no, just I stick I a, just... a fork in it and lick the Honestly, frozen contents. <laughs> I just I just eat it right there in the grocery store and then pay for the box. Oh, well, this can't stand. I need to be living with you by Thanksgiving because there's no way. My wife's still alive. I'll just tell her I need to save Steve from himself. <laughs> I have to go. Number one, all that beer's just going to be thrown right out of the house. You can have... Yeah, you, you can, can talk to dad you about know that. When you can, I'll talk to your father. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk tell to your, father. your father about that beer, young neither man. One, neither one of you are going to have a beer until every dish is washed. How about them apples? Oh, my. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> this is way too comfortable. This is going to be great. This is, this is going to be this, so much fun. <laughs> for one of us. I don't know who yet. <laughs> for one of us. <laughs> you invite me over to your father's Thanksgiving. He's like, and you know. If he, like Scandina- if, he start, if he starts talking like a if he starts talking like a Scandinavian grandma, I'll just go with it. No, I'll already be in that mode. Sorry it took so long, but he thought he would take a shortcut. I told him it was more of a long cut. He didn't even laugh at my joke. And then we had to stop at a gas station to get directions to get us back on track. And then I told him he's going to ruin it because he came back with a moon pie from the gas station. I told him, <laughs> you can't eat that moon pie because we spent all day cooking this supper. My dad <laughs> says, "My dad says, where is he from? North Dakota? <laughs> no, San Francisco. San Francisco. But occasionally his... 
Yeah, his Norwegian, his Norwegian his grandmother Norwegian inhabits her body. <laughs> his Norwegian grandmother just takes him over. <sighs> Told him not even to go in the gas station because I heard that there were Middle East people running it, and you know that's a little sketchy. <laughs> Middle East people. <laughs> I don't know what they do or what they're all about, but it can't be good with God. So just, you know. I don't trust him. I don't trust can him. Can you please give me the change they gave back to you so I can spray this hand sanitizer on it and do a rosary over it so to make sure it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't get in your pockets because that's very close to your baby maker. And of course, we all, want, want, we all yeah. want a grandchild, but not satanic like you are. <laughs> not satanic like you. <laughs> Uh, All right, that's it. We I'll do another hour. This 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 will be um, a completely different show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Late seating is a let me listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music Rollin' at Five composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.